Welcome to the DCCC Youth Podcast. This podcast comes from our series on the New Testament. It is on the book of Philemon, and talks about the issue of slavery. We have two pages because I put the entire book of Philemon on your second page. That tells you why you probably haven't heard anything about Philemon. Very short. So I'm going to give you some details and we'll get into what Philemon is actually about. Um, it is a letter written to Philemon, a person from Paul. Uh, it's written to Philemon, Philemon, and when you look at the beginning, you'll see this too. Aphia and his wife, Archippus and his son, and the entire assembly of believers. Um, I say we don't know what this is really talking about yet, but. Um, oh, sorry. Philemon has a decision to make, and because it's addressed to this many people, we know that Philemon's decision will not be private. So the answer to that one is private. Philemon's decision will not be private. And um, they're probably from Colossae. Uh, we find in Colossians 4.9, he greets people, and there's some names mentioned there. So we can kind of put some context to where this is actually being written to. The purpose of the book is to commend Philemon for his Christian compassion, to encourage the restoration and, and forgiveness of Onesimus by Philemon, and this is really what we're going to talk about today, and send greetings from Paul and his friends. So, what I'm going to do first is, let's read through it, and then we'll talking. Um, on your papers, if you turn to the second page, you'll see I kind of outlined it within the, the text of the book that I gave you. It is a pretty short letter. It says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Afia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you may have that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, an old man, now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. So Paul is in prison right now. I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become a use- useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me when I- while I am in chains for the gospel. But I do not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back for good, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more. 
prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Nemus, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Christ, Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So what's going on here? Um, you can see my next question, probably, so you can get some kind of idea. What happened is, we don't really know the exact circumstance, but the, the basic idea we get is that um, Philemon is a guy, and he has a slave, Onesimus. Onesimus um, ran away, or something. He either just ran away, uh, and this is what we kind of think, I think, because of like our mental picture of slavery in our country. We picture maybe running away, just running away. Um, but probably maybe another way that it worked is maybe Philemon sent him to Paul for some reason to give a message, but he didn't want to come back, and he planned on, quote-unquote, running away then. But what happens is that he has a slave, Onesimus. This slave somehow comes to Paul, Onesimus, and he becomes a Christian. And realizing what he has to do, um, he has to go back to his master, Philemon. But Paul says, you know what? I want you to receive him as a brother because he is your brother now. Um, And he's, he's telling him, I want you to take him back, and I'll pay you back anything he owes. And there's a lot of things I want you to notice about this. But first I want to play you a little clip from a movie. Um, just to give you a little bit of background. It's from the movie Amazing Grace. I don't know if many of you have seen it. But it's about William Wilberforce. Um, and I don't know how many of you know this, but out um, by 35, when you get almost out to Cedarville, there's a college there, Wilberforce University. I don't know how many of you have heard of it, anyway. Black college? Yeah, it's all black. And it's named after a British white guy. <coughs> yeah, exactly. So you're like, why? Why in the world would they do that? It's because William Wilberforce was really, really important. Um, even before, like, our country started doing stuff, he worked his entire life to end slavery in Britain. Well, why would he do that? He, if you watch the movie, which even plays down the Christian aspects um, more than you would think, um, his clear um, reason behind it is that he saw them as people. He was a Christian. He was a very strong Christian. He worked his entire life. He was, at the beginning of the movie, in the beginning of his life, when he becomes a Christian, he kind of has this thought. He's like, well, I want to spend time meditating on God's Word and, and learning to grow in God more. And, um, but then there's other people who are saying, no, you need to work politically because he's... He's, uh, he's a member of parliament and stuff. You need to help end slavery. And so he basically decides that he has to do both, even though he wants to spend so much time studying the Bible. He decides he has to do both. And the man works his entire life to end slavery. Um, and it's so, so much a big part of the economy that um, people don't want to give it up. Even if they do think it's wrong, they're like, well, we just can't do that. And um, eventually... Under his work, every year he presents a bill to Parliament to end slavery, and every year it gets rejected for like 23 years. Every single year. And uh, eventually, through a number of circumstances that I won't go into, he does end, and slavery officially ends, and he dies like four days later. Yeah, and so he works his entire life for this. I want to show you a little clip from this, and then um, just some things I want to talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a slave ship. 
the Madagascar. It has just returned from the Indies, where it delivered 200 men, women, and children to Jamaica. When it left Africa, there were 600 on board. The rest died of disease or despair. That smell is the smell of death. Slow, painful death. Breathe again. Breathe it deeply. Take those handkerchiefs away from your noses. There now. Remember that smell. Remember the Madagascar. Remember that God made men equal. Okay, so that's just a short little clip. There's no blood. It's a short little clip. I wanted to play it because um, there's. This is a very short book, but there's a lot of uh, stuff to be said about it. And the big question that everyone always has is why doesn't Paul condemn slavery? So this is his chance. <clears throat> if he's writing a letter and he's talking about a slave, why doesn't he just tell Philemon, look, slavery is wrong, set him free? Well, that's what I want to talk a little bit about. And I, want to, I wanted you to get that because um, William Wilberforce, you saw it. Like he, was, he was driven, um, and I highly encourage you to see the movie. It's a really, really good movie. And he was so driven to do this. He said, God created all men equal. And I want to just kind of, uh, as we do this, hopefully you'll see that what Paul is saying in this letter and what William Wilberforce is saying, they're really the same thing, even though maybe at first you don't pick up on it. It's not like, because Paul doesn't write, Dear Philemon, slavery is evil, stop it. The end. You know, that's not what he's saying, but I think there's some reasons for that, and we're going to talk about them a little bit. Something I want you guys to um, keep in your mind as we talk about this whole thing, and I'll come back to it at the end, is that this still happens today. Um, we think about in our own country, oh, slavery is over. It doesn't happen anymore. It was abolished, whatever. Slave trade today is, is still really, really huge. And you um, little 11- and 12-year-olds, you're they're the kind of people especially that would be taken or sold um, for, for labor or for worse. Um, and this happens all the time, especially with children and women. Um, slave trade today is so huge. And there is a great... <coughs> There's a uh, great organization um, started by a guy, Zach Hunter. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's like 15 when he started it. It's called Loose Chains, Change to Loosen Chains. And um, you just bring in your loose chains, you donate it to them, and all the money that you donate when you find loose chains wherever goes to help end slavery in, in different countries. Um, and so this is some important stuff. Um, the thing I want you to understand when we're looking at this issue um, we're talking about why didn't Paul condemn slavery um, is this topic that I and this idea that I bring up a lot Paul doesn't just remove an unjust idea he replaced it with something new and I talk about this in regards to our life a lot the Bible says take off the old man put on the new man it doesn't just say take off the old don't leave yourself empty you have to fill it with something new um so I think that's what Paul is doing here too. Another thing I think you need to realize is Paul is not writing to the Romans. Um, 
the Roman government saying, slavery is evil, you rise, you need to stop it. Um, he's writing to a, a man, there's a very personal situation going on here, but the things in the background, the ideas that he says, I think are so, so important to understanding what's going on and what Paul is really saying. Um, because I think what he says here for the Christian really completely removes any idea of slavery that you could have. Um, and here's, here's uh, what I think he's saying. Number one, Paul draws attention to Philemon's love for all the saints. He puts Philemon's relationship with Onesimus, his slave, now one of the saints, under the banner of love, not just combat. That means, from the very beginning, he says, Philemon, I know that you love all the saints. You have to understand now that Onesimus is your brother. He is one of the saints. You need to love him as you love everyone else because I know you love them already. So he starts out with love. Um, number two, Paul shows Philemon how asking is better than commanding when it comes to relationships governed by love. Acting out of freedom from a heart of love is the goal in the relationship. So Paul even says, you know what? Because of who I am, I could command you to take him back and not demand anything. But I'm not going to do that. Because what is Christianity about? What is following Jesus about? It's about love and submission. I'm not going to command you to do this. I trust that you will do what's right because he is your brother and you love him. You need to love him now. This is not just economics anymore. This is family. And you need to think that way. And you need to start thinking that way about everyone because everyone is created in God's image. Number three, Paul raises the intensity of the relationship again with the word forever. Um, Or actually in the translation we had, says for good. You have received him back for good or for eternity. Um, so Onesimus leaves and he comes back he says you know what you got your slave back you got your servant back but even better than that you have him back forever because he is now one of us he's a Christian he's come to know Jesus <clears throat> in other words Onesimus is not coming back to any ordinary secular relationship it's forever it's not just the, the relationship between boss and servant master and slave whatever it's not that anymore he says you guys are family now you guys are together forever you got to remember that. you got to think about that. Keep that in mind when we're talking about this. Uh, number four, Paul says that Philemon's relationship can no longer be the usual master-slave relationship. Whether he lets Onesimus go back free to serve Paul or keeps him in his service, things cannot remain as they were. So he says, you know, I would love it if you let Onesimus stay with me because he's really helpful to me. But if you want them back, I understand. But you have to understand that things are not the same anymore. Because you are a Christian, and especially because he is now, you guys are different. And he's, without saying it, um, it's like if I, when I confront um, someone, like Rachel, for instance, about, about something, I know Rachel, and if I just say, hey, Rachel, you're being dumb, she'd be like, shut up, quick. <laughs> Believe me, this has happened before. <laughs> Rachel, you shouldn't do that. That's really dumb. It's bad. Shut up. Um, and that's how it happens because it doesn't work that way. Like, if I say, but I have to say, you know what, Rachel? Maybe you should do this because I don't think your priorities are straight right now. Think about your priorities. Is this really important? And if I do it that way, she's like, and I, I give the time to make her think, and I don't just attack her, like come in guns blazing then it works so much better. And I think that's what's going on here. Paul isn't saying, 
look, you know what? I have your slave, and he is a Christian now, so stop being a poophead. Um, he doesn't say that because he knows it's not going to work. He's saying, you know what? The things that he say basically tear up the foundations of what Philemon's thoughts are about this thing. He's like, you're a Christian. Philemon's a Christian. And you need to start thinking about things like a Christian. You need to start thinking about this under the banner of love. And that God created all men equal. And that especially now that he is your brother, you need to treat him like family. You can't just treat him the same way. Now, slavery during this time in the Roman times is not really kind of like how we think of slavery. Uh, what comes to our mind is slavery in our country. It was a lot more like a... Like a um, boss worker relationship but I'm not going to I'm not going to like totally dilute it down and say it wasn't slavery because it was but it wasn't quite as bad as how we think of it today um, because of what happened in our own country but um, so he goes on um, number five there Paul refers to Onesimus as Philemon's beloved brother this is the relationship that takes the place of a slave he says he's coming back to you he is your brother now he's your brother think about that how are you going to treat your brother because that's the reality. He is part of God's family now. And then Onesimus' identity is now the same as Philemon's. He is in the Lord. And again, this is expanded out. What William Wilberforce said is basically an expanded version of this. Um, Paul says, you know what, Philemon, he is the same as you. You guys are the same. Um, in Galatians and some other places it says, you know what, in Christ there is no more slave or free. There is no more man or woman. He's saying that we all become... Um, neither man nor woman and we're not really anything anymore no he's not saying that he says he's not saying that your body actually changes or your, your position in society changes he says your position in eternity is the same you are in Christ now and you are the same why? because everyone in God's family is equal and God created man in his image every single one of them so for a long time people wicked people bad people they would um, look at this book and they'd say, well, Paul doesn't condemn slavery, so slavery is obviously okay in this book. And people for so long used this book to say slavery is okay. And then you got this guy, William Wilberforce, who would look and say basically the thing that I said about this book. He says, you know what? you got to wake up because these are people. You can't treat them as less than people. He devotes his entire life to it. Um, the thing, I have a little quote at the bottom from John Piper that I think kind of explains this really well. It says, The upshot of all of this is that without explicitly prohibiting slavery, Paul has pointed the church away from slavery because it is an institution which is incompatible with the way of the gospel, the way the gospel works in people's lives. Whether slavery is economic, racial, sexual, mild, or brutal, Paul's way of dealing with Philemon works to undermine the institution across its various manifestations. To walk in step with the truth of the gospel is to walk away from slavery. So why wouldn't he just come out and, and say, this is bad? Because people would look at it and they'd say, well, slavery then isn't the same as slavery now, what I just said. Or they'd say, oh, he, that was a certain circumstance. Paul doesn't come out and say it because he's ripping up the very foundations at the bottom of slavery. He's saying, you know what, it's not that I'm prohibiting this certain thing because it's bad, or that you have done something bad. I'm saying that owning people and treating them like property instead of brothers and sisters is wrong. Why? Because that's not how the gospel works. That is not the truth of God. You guys need to wake up and you need to see that. You need to start seeing the world through eternal eyes, not through eyes, the eyes of the economy or the eyes of convenience. So that's what Paul's saying here. Yeah, he doesn't come out and say, 
slavery is wrong. Stop it. Um, he says, change your mind. Don't just remove this institution of slavery. Don't remove him as your piece of property. Replace he is your brother now. You can't just remove this and leave it empty. You've got to put something back. Um, you can't just take slavery away as an entire institution and then leave these people floating. You have to give them rights. You have to treat them like people. Yes, yeah, Sam. There's actually a person in place in Green County where there's a, a town called Lula Force. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then there's that university. Going, I'm glad you actually said that. Going back to that, um, especially in our country today with... Even now, race is a big issue, um, but not as much as it was. Wilberforce University isn't like a, a new university. It's been there a while. But I just want you to get your mind around that. But this guy was so driven by this, by this injustice, because he was a Christian. Um, and, you know, we could conjecture and say, well, if he wasn't a Christian, he maybe still would have done it. We don't really know. But his work was so great, and he was so passionate about ending this that, you know, a black university in America is named after a British white guy. Like, that's serious. Like, that, that's a legacy that he left. Not because he wanted to leave a legacy, but because he wanted to do what was right. He wanted to see the world through God's eyes. So that's my challenge to you today. And that's that, that kid that I was telling you about, Zach Hunter. Um, he's so young, and, like, he never spoke in front of people. He's written about this, like, first time he spoke in front of people, there's, like, thousands of people there. He's, like, 15 or 16. Like, he's totally freaked out. But he's, he, he talks about, I, I just wanted to walk off the stage. I didn't want to do it. Um, but then I thought about how important it was and, and why I was doing it. And so I would encourage you guys, stand up. Part of who we are as Christians is to stand up for injustice, to bring the gospel to people's lives in a real way. That's not all we do, because spiritual realities are so important. But I just ask you guys, be driven by something. Like, uh, it's so easy for us to just be driven by what we want to do. By, um, you know, I want to do well in school, or I want to have fun with my friends. And that's fine. It is so great. I love to enjoy life. I love to do things I enjoy. But um, it, ha- it can't stop there. You've got to go out. You've got to do something. And especially in this issue, I'm glad we're studying this book today because it is so important because it still happens today. There are people who are stolen and sold into slavery in Africa, in Asia, in our own country, from other countries. This is a big deal. This is a big thing. And um, just open your eyes, open your ears. Um, I think it's so easy for us in our country and in our world to just concern ourselves with our own lives and what we want to do and I'm just asking um, open open yourself up to be aware of these things at least to understand and if you do nothing else pray that this, this stop um, and hopefully that will lead to action so I'm going to pray now and we have some announcements and we'll go Lord Jesus thank you so much for this book of Fine Women um, we ask that you would move our hearts to see your justice. You are a just God, and part of who we are as Christians is is bringing justice to the world, but it is also bringing you to the world. That until we change people's minds and hearts, it is very difficult to change action. Um, And make us aware of these things. Um, Change us to be more like you, to 
see with your priorities, to see who you are, and to do things all for your glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen.